This is Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation. So I'm sitting here and uh, I'm quarantined. Well, I've quarantined myself with the craziness that's going on outside with the coronavirus pandemic that has uh, swept the nation. Um, I hope everybody is safe out there in podcast land. Um, Crazy times. Crazy times we're living in. I, as I mentioned, I'm going to school for my master's and now the rest of the semester I am taking my classes online. My daughter, same thing, her spring break has been extended a week and she'll be taking classes from home at least until April. Hopefully she gets back to school after that. Hopefully this whole thing blows over, but uh, it's a little insane. It's insanity out there, but um, I hope everybody is feeling well and um and please take the precautions you need to. Wash your hands, for God's sakes. Wash your hands. Other than that, I got another tattoo. I'm not going to put out another video like I did before, but I do have a larger tattoo on my right, I'm sorry, my left forearm um, of a compass. looks pretty cool. If you go to the website, we'll put a picture up of it. Michelle Gendreau, who takes photos for us, she's one of our photographers, as well as Joe Wallace, took this amazing photo of my arm. Um, it's pretty haunting if I do say so myself. Uh, it doesn't look nearly as impressive in person with my pasty white skin, but we did something different. We went to Greenfield, Massachusetts and talked to a, uh, really cool guy named Ben Regal, uh, who is a tattoo artist and musician and has a very interesting story. So you'll get that when we publish that in a couple of weeks or maybe next week, depending other people we have coming up, we have Greg Hawks from The Cars coming up. Very excited. We've been wanting to have him on since we started this. At least I have. Um, I'm a huge Cars fan, and he's, the, uh, of course, the keyboardist for The Cars. He actually lives right next door to me, uh, in the town next door to me. And um, I've always kind of run into him here and there at uh, open mics. He goes to open mics even. So seems like a really interesting guy. Can't wait to talk to him. And also some very exciting stuff coming up this spring. Um, since a lot of the music festivals seem to be closing down, Coachella's no longer, South by Southwest is gone, and who knows what else is going to be uh, canceled. So listen to podcasts. Come on, listen to our episodes. We have some amazing episodes that you probably have never heard. 
And so go to AboveTheBasement.com and and check out uh, what you've missed. We have 150 episodes. This is episode 150, which is kind of crazy. But uh, we want you to, uh, you know, catch up on what you haven't heard. And, uh, and subscribe to us, for God's sake. Subscribe to us and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, we need to spread the word. We've been getting some really good traction lately. And, uh, and we're excited for the spring. So... Let's get going with this episode. Ghost Girl. Our first visit to the Boston Music Awards a few years ago uh, was an eye-opener and introduced us to many of the new and established Boston artists we had not seen or heard yet. That was in the earlier days of this podcast, and now we're very well-versed, or at least we hope we are, or at least we're trying to be. At one point, a lone musician with a guitar took the stage and began playing. Gianna Botticelli, lovely name, um, also known as Ghost Girl, stopped us in our tracks. With her haunting ambient guitar and ethereal voice, the entire room paid attention. Uh, it took us a few years to finally get her on ATB, but we did it at the right time as she just released her third album called Rewired, and I've been listening to it ever since I first heard it. So assuming the coronavirus pandemic burns out and we, ha- and we all survive the zombie apocalypse, Gianna is about to tour on the album. So go to ghostgirlmusic.com to see where she will be over the next few months. Girl is spelled G-R-L with no I. So here is our conversation with Ghost Girl, recorded at Woods Hill Pier 4 in Boston, Massachusetts. Like it? Yeah. You like this? How cool it's, is that? What is the it? sticker? It's a sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't sure basement. if it was a Speaking phone of stickers, case it, you, get a, you get an above the basement glass. An above the basement. And if I knew yeah. you were coming, I, I would have brought on. you a glass too. It's a lot of like diverse merch. Well, I it's like just it stickers though. and glass. That's all we have. Oh. We have t-shirts too. What else should we have? Sweatshirts. What's your favorite merch? Sweatshirts, like hoodies. Because I'm always cold. Yeah, but sweatshirts are so. those are those are tough. They're expensive. So I you know. have Ghost Girl sweatshirts? No. No. What's, what's, just, what merch do you have? <laughs> I have T-shirts and stickers, and I'm gonna do like little pins. Oh, soon. pins! Pins are always good. We pins, had we yeah, have, we've had do pins, pins too. Do you do vinyl? No. Oh. I haven't. I haven't. Do you I want contemplated to? doing a few for the album that I just did, just yeah. to like have a couple. Yeah. Chuck loves vinyl. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like he likes to have anything physical, like an artifact. Anyways, welcome. Yeah, thank you for thank doing you. this. I know it was, it was tough to get all the way. You have to work at five in the morning or something. Yeah, where but do you have to, where do you have to be? I work at Starbucks part time, oh. so I get to serve people coffee really you're early barista, in the morning. You're a barista. Yeah. You any good? Nice. I don't thank know. You. I mean, I feel like I guess I can make I can make a latte. I What's feel the most difficult thing you can make? Why would she say she's a bad barista on this show? <laughs> this is a this is this show is throughout the the country and even the world. There's Starbucks everywhere. And yeah. she would not say I'm, she's not a good barista. I didn't ask if she was a good barista. Did you I? You just said, are you a good barista? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot. What's the most complicated thing you, can, you make? 
I don't know, like, there's things I hate making. Like, I feel like everyone who's ever worked at Starbucks hates making, like, Frappuccinos because it's the worst. Well, there was something last yeah. summer. It was, like, some kind of rainbow special thing that yeah. they were making. Yep. That I heard the that The tie-dye people... Frappuccino? Was, that, was it that? Oh, yeah. No. My was, daughter had got it, that. It, it, called, it was called rainbow something, and my daughter wanted it really badly. I don't know. There was, it was like, like, a short period of time. There was a Frappuccino that had yellow, and then it had, like, colors sprinkled all over the side of the cup. And that was the tie-dye one. And then it had, like, a topping. Yeah. And it was all a bunch of different colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That must have been it. But that wasn't actually that hard to make as a drink. Because yeah. What was the training like for a Starbucks? Did you have, like, on-the-job training for a couple of weeks? No? Yeah, you have to, like, be, like, you have, like, baby shifts right. when you first start. And people, like, teach you how to make drinks. And then you learn how to, like, do everything at a really stressful speed that yes. just comes, like, naturally over time. Because when you're new, you're, like, throwing everything. Right, all over sure. the place because your heart is like palpitating. It's like being, it's a, bar- it's like being <laughs> a bartender. I was a, uh, I was a barista in Chicago at Caribou Coffee. Okay. And uh, she's supposed to know what that is. No, <laughs> I'm just telling her what it's called. Okay. They had like this class where we had to go to an easel and they had to say, "Here's a latte, here's a cappuccino," and then we had we had a quiz over a couple weeks where we had to like say, <laughs> go up here and show us. It was stressful. And then I said, I raised my hand once and I said, excuse me, what if we uh, want to make an espresso, blah, blah, blah. And, she's, and this lady said, uh, 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 you hear what, everybody hear what Ron just said? You okay? <coughs> I'm dying. Go Does ahead, everyone man. know what Ron just said? He said, espresso. Oh, oh God. yeah, espresso. <coughs> exactly. And it Don't re- do it wrong, I'll never. I'll, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was very embarrassed. That's yeah. how most people say it. When I first learned how to say it, I felt like it sounded wrong. Like I had like, I was forgetting a letter if I said espresso. Doesn't it seem like there's an Doesn't X, sound yeah. right. I don't know, but. You know what you call a fish with no eye? No. <laughs> it's the same thing. We have a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> um, so. Um, that is a dad joke. When, when you when you think about that word and you think about what? espresso fish and oh, no espresso? but seriously espresso what I what I want to know is that when I hear your music I actually hear a different sound with the lyric than just meeting you and talking with you I think that's the case with a lot of artists how do you mean I don't understand what you mean like my voice my singing voice is different is that yeah what that's you mean? what I'm okay. trying to say in a long winded way is that when okay. I was thinking about like your your voice sounds it's higher pitch it has yeah. different sort of accent tones to it yeah um, I, I get that a lot my real voice is, is more like I don't know like deep not as high pitched and like pretty I think I don't know yeah. when, but when you started writing like did did you start kind of humming along in that current voice that we hear no I used music? to be really bad at singing I used to sing really like monotone because I didn't have like the confidence to actually sing yeah and w- one of my aunts told me that she could tell that I could sing because she plays music and stuff too and she's like I, f- I can tell that you can sing and that you just don't have the confidence to sing and so like after a couple of years of singing I feel like my voice kind of just changed and like even with this album compared to my last one it's a lot different like mm. when I listen to the two of them side by side mm. like a song from the last one and a song from this one there's like a really big difference this is your third album yes we first heard you at the Boston Music Awards oh, okay. which was probably 2018 yeah two yes years two years ago you remember you know, what happened do I remember what oh, happened? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> we weren't nominated. I know that. No. But uh, but we had just started the podcast, basically, yeah. right? So anyways, um, that's not true. We started the podcast in 2016. 
Anyways, um, but you know, there's a, there are certain times when Ron and I are at a concert together, and, and you know, when I when I'm there for a specific band, there's like a bunch of different bands going mm-hmm. on, where all of a sudden we both just stop and we're like, what, what does that sound coming yeah. from the stage? Yeah, and we heard. It, and like, guess what? It was it was you, but it was uh, we've done the same thing for like Circus Trees, where the same yeah. kind of thing, you know, Circus Trees. Yes, you know those guys? the fantastic. We just stopped talking. We're like, wow, this is great. We just sort of look at each other all of a sudden. We're like, <laughs> and uh, we're usually not this kind of comedy routine. I don't know what the deal is right now. Never. But you, it was just you up there by yourself. Were you nominated that year? No, only for the six one seven sessions. Six one seven sessions. Yeah. Okay, you did the six one seven sessions. Yeah, that year. That year yeah. So did uh, Sydney Gish did those year, that year as well, I believe. I don't. I feel like it was the year before. Oh gosh! Because she up played all my years? the year before me. Yes, you have been for, for about 12, 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> but anyways, we stopped short, and we were both like, "Wow!" Because it's just the ethereal sound that's coming out of you with your voice and the guitar, with a lot of reverb, yeah. and it's just very airy. And I mean, everyone kind of stopped and listened, and it's tough for you, especially when you're just one person up on stage with a crowd that's not necessarily listening all the time. When you can do that, that's something. Special. So that's when we first saw you, and we immediately wanted to have you on the show. And it only took two years, 15, 15 years <laughs> yeah. to get you on. Yeah, we've been stalking. Ghost but we're, we're very happy years. to have you on. And I was listening all the way in, I was listening to Living Room over and over and over again. Yeah. I probably listened to it about 15, 20 times on in. He kept the song on it's repeat. A, he can't even listen to a different song now. It's a great song. Yeah. Well, thanks. I love that song. It's actually my favorite Ghost Girl song. Yeah. Not How that did I, we, have, we had the same favorite. Is that your favorite? Well, I, I can't. I mean, it's my favorite, and I've listened to it's your top whole. Five. I've listened to the whole, all of them. But for whatever reason, that's the one that I think. Did you play that one at at Boston College? No, 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 no. no. I know exactly what you played. I'm yeah, not you kidding. do. Yeah. What did you all right, play? So tell me, tell me more about Living Room. Um, Wait, t- what did she play? I want to hear. <laughs> it wasn't that. That's all I know. You just said you knew what she played. Sorry, I, I know what she did not play, and it was not Living Room. <laughs> okay. Because well, I, I heard that song, play. and I know I know when there's a f- song that's the first time I've ever heard it in my okay. life. Okay, let's I let her know talk. that feeling. Sorry, well, go. Go ahead. So uh, what was the question? What, what was the question? <laughs> let's talk about that song. Uh, living Room? Yeah. Yes. So that song, it's kind of a song that took me like a couple years to write. I started writing it when I was really young, and I finished it kind of more recently. And it was about... When I was a teenager and I was dating somebody at like a really hard time in my life where like I was having like a hard time at home and stuff like that and like with my housing situation and then the person that I was dating um, had parents that I found to be like super comforting to me. Like they had a really stable house. I liked to be there a lot and then all of a sudden like their parents were getting a divorce, Um, their dad was moving out and they weren't on good terms, and the person that I was dating got kind of like went into a dark spot, and I didn't hear from them for a really long time, and they ended up like figuring out a lot about themselves and that they were actually transgender. So they transitioned, and so the song is kind of just about all of that happening at once and like wow. what that feels That's like. So yeah, <laughs> so it's like a lot of stuff to happen at once. I feel like those kind of things happen to you when you're a teenager. I feel like it's like, yeah, if, they happen to you. Your I whole don't know, life. like your if it's gonna life. happen, it feels so, more dramatic when you're a teenager. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me, what is the living room itself when you think of that? What do you see? Is that the living room where, like, they were? Yeah, it's like the living room at their house. It's, like, also a feeling, like, like I said, a happy spot for me. So Mm. it was kind of like being there with them and, like, 
it was a place to be like really happy and like to not have a lot of the stress that I had and that I felt when I wasn't there and obviously like for them with it being their home it was actually a different circumstance going on but like from my yeah yeah, because their perspective of that living room was different than yours oh, yeah, as for an sure. outsider with the comfort that you saw. But that was a very different lens that they were looking at their own house yeah. in. Yeah, and I'm sure that they felt kind of like the opposite at that point. And wow. it's just kind of like shows like perspective. Like for me, it was like an escape place. It was a comforting place and like a warm place with a lot of like love and care. Yeah. And like for them, I'm sure that it was not so much that all the time, you yeah. know, so... It's great to hear the meaning yeah. more from you because the melody itself and that sort of droning and that reverb and mm. that drums coming in. I love the guitars in there. I love everything about it. I'm psyched to see you live again. Do you play? You are with, right now. Well, live playing <laughs> oh, with oh, a band. Are you are you playing with a band now? Are you? So I did the record with Alex Allenson from um, the Bridge Sound and Stage and um, Kevin Klein from uh, Valley Heart. So he did a lot of the guitar on that EP. I'm trying to lean more into like playing with a drummer and like a full band. I like to be able to hold my own on stage if I need to. Like I don't want to have to depend on having a drummer and stuff like that. Um, Especially for like tour and stuff. But I definitely like wanted to keep it like I'd like to have one futuristically like a a full band aspect to it as opposed to just being on my own. It's like all about finding the right people that like you fit with and stuff. Yeah. So I'm kind of working on it. Like recently, like when I'm playing live, I'm playing by myself still. Yeah. And where? And then I'm going on tour in April. Nice. Yeah. Where are you going? So I'm going to New York and then I have show a show in Baltimore, um, a couple of places in North Carolina, Georgia. You just hopping in the car? Yeah. Where in New York are you playing? At Rockwood. Um, I love Rockwood. Yeah, I've never played. I was supposed to play like years and years ago there, and I had like some reason that I couldn't do the tour. But uh, I'll tell everybody in New York to go see you. What you know? What stage are you gonna be on? I don't, cause I'm still working on like booking some of the other bands like for the the shows for like supporting the shows. Um, Is it just you at Rockwood? Yeah, it's me, and then I'm playing again in New York on the following day at Pianos. And it's just just you and the guitar. Just me and my guitar, yeah. All right, all right. I would definitely love to hear you with the whole band. It feels really naked when I play it alone, that's for sure. Like, when I play Living Room alone, I feel like I'm like, oh, I wish that I had the entire, like, song up here with me because it it has so much more feeling to me when it's played that way. But hold on. Let me tell you about the problem with Ghost Girl. (laughs) There's a problem with Ghost Girl? Here's the issue. And it's, it's one of those good problems to have. The reason why we looked at each other at the BMAs, I'm looking at him now. On the, no one knows that on the podcast right now. <laughs> but the reason why Chuck and I looked at each other was, yes, it was unique and different. But it was because of you being by yourself mm. with a guitar and, frankly, a young woman who's just owning it. And it was very confident and very timeless. Now... You put drums and bass or and or keys, I mean, whatever you want to do with a band, mm-hmm. it's going to sound awesome. But it's a paradox. There could be venues where it's going to sound freaking awesome and rocking and live and energy and, and just like emotional because the band can do that for you. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing in, I would almost imagine a show that has certain times where you're just by yourself to captivate. I mean, one example is like a different genre, but Martin Sexton. 
You know Martin Sexton? I don't. He he's been around for like 25 years or more, and he's um he's an amazing guitar singer songwriter and vocalist who can have this great band sound, mm-hmm. but then you can just see him not even with a microphone, and he's in a, a church or like some amazing acoustics place by himself, and you're just like captivated. I saw, but anyway, that's the problem with Ghost Girl. I saw. <laughs> that's the only problem. That's your I only that's problem in the world. It's a good problem to have. Talk about yeah. being up there by yourself. I mean, obviously, that's that's probably how you started, right? When you started mm-hmm. playing. When did you start going out and gigging by yourself? When I was like, I, I want to say like 17 or 18. 17? How old are you now, if you don't remember? Uh, 25. You're 25? Yeah. So 17, and you were just you and acoustic kind of thing? Yeah, I used to only play acoustic guitar. I played like softer stuff. and then Covers or your own stuff? My own stuff, but a lot different. Yeah. And um, I would only play with an acoustic guitar. And then one day, like years later, I just was like, I really want an electric guitar for like the ambience and like all of the things you can do with it. Yeah. I feel like it fits like what I'm doing better. Yeah, I agree. Um, so ever since I've just only played really with an electric guitar, just like me and an electric guitar. Sometimes hmm. I'll use a couple pedals, but for the most part, it's just like me and my guitar. And I am a person with a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So every time I play, I'm super nervous. Before you play. And during. Like, I'm usually, like, super, like, re- like shaky. And, like, everyone's like, oh, we couldn't tell. And I'm like, well, I, I could feel it the whole time. Like, my fingers, like, when I'm moving them, like, on the fretboard, they'll be, like, shaking. And I, they'll, like, slip a lot. Yeah. But, like, I feel like you can't really see it from no, the audience. I, I mean, I've only seen you that once, but... I didn't see it then. Has that changed over uh, six years or so? Or? It's gotten easier for sure because I used to be like way worse about it. I definitely still get nervous, but it's just like it usually eases up like once I get going now, whereas like before it would be constant the entire time. I, I would mess up and then I'd, be, I'd pause and I'd be like, I'm so sorry I messed up. And then I would like start the song over. Yeah. What kind of music were you playing before that? It was more like strummy acoustic stuff. Yeah, folky um, kind of thing. Yeah, sort of, sort of more geared towards folk stuff. There wasn't a lot of like spaciness and ambience yeah. to it. Um, I didn't use a ton of reverb back then. Yeah, um, where does that come from? That spaciness is that an um, influence? I'm. I just feel like it's like the like vibe that the things have when I write. Like when I write, I feel. Like they like it should be like very spacey with a lot of reverb in it. It's sad usually. Like most of the stuff I write is sad. There's tension in some of the things that you hear in a good way. There's sort of like a uh, cerebral makes you listen. It brings you in. It does. Are you anxious during that uh, during the writing process? No. No. Something but that the songs are about some darker thing. Yeah. Or, They're yeah. about like. Usually past stuff. I find that, like, if something is happening to me that's bothering me, I actually can't write about it. Mm. I can't write about it, like, until it's over. And I can, like, look back at it. So it's kind of like a lot of the stuff I write about is stuff that has already happened to me. And it's kind of that's when it's, like, ready to come out of my brain, I guess. I don't feel anxious when I write. Something, I guess, that I feel when I write is a lot of the time, like, I'll throw a lot of stuff away because I feel like the way that it's written isn't, like, presentable enough. Um, which is something that I tried to get rid of when I did the, my most recent album. Oh, with the songs that you were crafting? Yeah, but... You got rid of half of them or something? I'll, I'll get rid of them, or, like, I'll write something. I'll, I'll write a lot of the time, like, a fourth of a song, and I'll be like, that just, like, doesn't present well. Like, that's just, like, not... That's ugly the way that it's written. Like, people wouldn't like that. And then I'll 
get rid of it, or I used to, and I've tried to just kind of just write from like a raw point of view. Like I'll just be like, I'm not deleting because that's how I feel, or like I'm just gonna keep it because it doesn't have to be pretty. like that answer a lot about how it, you just felt that that's the sound that you heard and you felt when you were writing these songs rather than saying oh I was really into The Cure or you know I was really mm-hmm. into like you know this and so and so and so and so I started just writing like them and then found my voice that way this was mm-hmm. kind of like an internal it felt honest to you so I like I like that it's usually it's really kind of is it about honesty is it about coming from an honest place for you yeah because it used to be sort of like when I wrote music I wrote it for everybody else like Mm. I wanted it to sound like pretty and presentable I wanted the lyrics to be like something that people would want to hear and I feel like I came to a point where I just started writing things and not letting myself get rid of them just because I felt like people wouldn't want to hear them was it a lyric thing or was it Um, a sound both I guess like it was both for like both because there were a lot of melodies I like trashed or a lot of lyrics that I trashed for the same reason and like I said, it just got to a point where I was like, well, this is how I feel, and this is how the song feels, and like I'm going to write it this way because that's how it's supposed to be written, and if I try to write it the way that like society would like it or something, then it's not mine. So Sometimes I listen to bands or music, and I think about who would be covering that, who would be interesting to sing that song. Mm-hmm. And I thought of In Living Room, again, mm-hmm. um, and another song called... Uh, House has got the acoustic guitar, right? It must home. be an older one. Home. Home. <laughs> yes. <know>. Close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, home. Yeah, that's um, an older and one. And then there's, um, all right, let me cut to the chase. A couple years ago, when you were playing, I turned, I think it was Ike, or maybe it was you and two, and I said, she could be a star. He did. I remember you saying that. He's the Ed McMahon of the Boston Music Awards. Well, thanks. That means a lot. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever. Yeah, it doesn't play really mean that much coming from him, but well, it's true. Right, well, you it have does no idea to me. Am, but, but I think, but it is <laughs> it, nice. It to does be. to me from anyone because, like, when I started writing, I didn't ever think I would get anywhere with it. That. So, yeah. it's cool to have anybody think of that co- about. Of course, stuff I'm, right, I'm joking. Of course, Ron. So. Besides, I work for Sony Records. Isn't no, your <laughs> last your last name is Botticelli? Yes. That's that's a lot to live up to, right there. Yes, it is. Isn't he an opera singer? I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm disagreeing. Isn't Botticelli an opera singer? He's a, a painter. Oh, never mind. No, you're thinking of the blind You're thinking dude? of Andre Bocelli, I think. Oh, that's is what I'm who thinking. Is he blind? Of. But I knew Botticelli. Right Botticelli's no, a painter. So. That's a different dude. Okay. <laughs> but so you're Italian. Yes. And you're from uh, the South Shore. Yes. And you went to high school down there in po- mm. Foxborough area or no? I went to like a lot of high schools. Um, I moved a lot as a kid. And I ended up, like, my last two years of high school, I got homeschooled. 
Huh. Um, so I didn't ever. Why are you moving around so much? Like if that. you don't mind me asking. Um, my mom was a single parent. Okay. And we had a lot of like struggles. It was a lot for her with like two kids by yeah, herself. Yeah, sure, sure. You have, so, a, you have a sister or brother? I have a sister. Okay. Older yeah. or younger? Um, younger. My mom was the only person that like could pay the bills and a lot of different yeah. schools. I didn't take it well because I was bullied a lot as a kid. And in high school, going to, like, four high schools is, like, really hard because everybody's yeah. cruel, in like, in high school. Well, you're always the new kid. Yeah, so I was always the new kid. Well, two years you were, right? Freshman and sophomore? Yeah. And then two years you were homeschooled? You did it in four years? Um, yeah, so I didn't do, like, the traditional, like, um, high school stuff. I don't have a lot of, like, long-term friends from, like, school or anything like that. So well, how do you guys know each other? We're dating. Oh, <laughs> so you, how long have you been dating for? Two years. And how'd you meet? Tinder. Really? Yeah. You're, Tinder. I, I know. I, you know, it was funny. That's how Chuck and I met, you know. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. But um, it was funny. I was talking to somebody about, about Tinder, and she's like, that's how I met my husband. I'm like, wow, I, that yeah. stuff actually works. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's not like, it, I think it started off as like a, people thought it was just, a hookup know, just trying to do, well, yeah, exactly. But it's. It is it kind it of is, it is, is because but it shows who's out there too. It that's does. Single and, right? But when I be when I like made a Tinder, it was like a joke, and I was just mm. like, I want to make friends because I didn't have a lot of like I don't have a lot of friends, um, and I was new to like the area, and I was like, I want to make friends. Like I just want to meet cool people that like do art and like play music, mm-hmm. and like I don't I want to like just have some like cool experiences with people. So it's it was. Like it. <laughs> it was like when a platonic thing. Or did she swipe right? Yeah. What do you What do you do? Coffee. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Ronnie knows a coffee roaster. I do, but you guys are obviously can really <laughs> relate with your coffee experience. I know. It's like. So do you come home and, and you're just like Starbucks? You kind of like sold out to Starbucks type of thing. She's just like, well. She's like an elegant like craft coffee roaster. And uh, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like a Starbucks. Hand, hand you're like, dude, coffee. I only know blonde roast. <laughs> I'm like, pipes, I don't know. Pikes, whatever. <laughs> she's like, you should try this Ethiopian Gucci coffee. And I'm like, yeah. what? I don't uh, know. So she's wow. the connoisseur. You're just the. Yeah. I'm just here, just like trying to do music. And like, I like all the people I work with. There are a lot of. Um, artsy people themselves. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing at Starbucks, which makes it cool. You you can meet like so many interesting and different kinds of people. It's one of my favorite jobs I've ever had because it's yeah. flexible for me to pursue my music as like frequently as I do. Like I can go on tour and I can take days off, but I can still have like a consistent job. So so let me ask you a question. So you you were bullied in school and you were kind of running around going from different schools, different school and mm-hmm. kind of separated from, from all the other kids your age. Were you really into art? Yeah, I liked... Um, Are you an artist in other ways other than music? I used to draw a lot. I haven't in years. Um, I used to write like poetry and stuff. Writing music is like my main thing, but but, it's, when, but you only started that when you're like 17, or you've um, been playing I, a long time. I wrote since I was like 13 or 14. Okay. Yeah, um, I learned to play guitar when I was 14, and before that, self-taught. I was, yeah, I don't know anything about like music theory. I can't read music. Yeah, um, none Definitely of that. Bad. So I just I'll just put my guitar into a weird tuning like on purpose, and I'll be like write Are a you song. You alternate in it. tunings? Yeah. Oh, okay. So my whole like I think there's well, she like does weird tunings, not alternate tunings. Yeah, weird <laughs> weird tunings. Yeah. But like only one of my songs on my new EP is in standard, and the rest are like just like crazy t- tunings that I kind of just like challenge myself to write in, huh. and that I like just will like make up. I love cool. alternate tunings. 
And as a, I'm a guitarist myself, and I just don't have the patience. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the patience for it, which is a fault of my own. <laughs> but when you do an alternate tuning, it opens up a whole yeah. new world of yeah. stuff. Like, what got you into alternate tunings? Was there an influence for you? No, I got really bored. So, like, I would only write anything in standard. And then I learned to write in, like, drop D. And then it got to the point where I felt like I was playing all the same things all the time. And so I would just, like, be like, all right, I'm going to change this string to this and this one to this. And I'm going to write a song in it. And I'm not going to tune it back until I, like, write a song in it. And which I've come to, like, regret when I'm, like, playing on stage. (laughs) And I have to, like tune my guitar into these different drastic things like per song but it makes for some like really cool songs that i don't think like you wouldn't otherwise hear those like notes vibing together and stuff so it's something that i've grown to like love hate have you ever heard of nick drake yes so nick drake was an alternate tuner and a lot of and and there's a story in the in the biography that someone wrote about him Mm -hmm. he used to be at coffee shops and he'd play a song it was amazing beautiful song and then it took him forever to tune his guitar <laughs> to the tuning that he wanted it to be in. And he wasn't like a talker. He was a really quiet guy. Yeah. And so there'd be like 15 minutes of him just trying to tune up. Have you conquered that, that gap between tunings? No. What do you do? No. So like usually, because I already, like when I play music to begin with, like I'm not a performer. Like I don't. Like, I, I play my songs, and, like, I'll talk a little bit yeah. about what they're about sometimes, but I don't really, like, have, like, a performance, I guess. You know, you don't you don't seem shy or... I'm, I'm super shy, believe really? it. Like, I'm, like, awkward and uncomfortable all the no, time. I don't get that at all. But people don't... Yeah, like, I was going to say, Chiron get is that. awkward and uncomfortable, and you can tell. <laughs> right now I am, sitting next to him. The tuning thing, though... Are you saying you should tell, like, a little story while you're tuning? Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, like, between that, tunings... That could be an opportunity. Yeah, but I don't. I just, like, so the thing is, if I try to tell a story while I'm tuning, I won't, like, focus Focus on the tuning because I'm anxious. And so I'll just be, it will take me longer to tune it because I'm not paying attention. So I'll, like, ask people to tell dad jokes a lot when I play (laughs) music. Yeah, like, someone please, like, yell dad jokes while I tune my guitar. That's good. I like that. Wait a second. We are perfect for your audience. (laughs) I know. I told the first thing I do is tell dad jokes. So you have to come to all my shows and just, like... But what if you had another guitar that was already tuned in the other alternative? So that's what I did for the Boston Music Awards. Um, I had I borrowed a guitar from one of the other bands, um, uh, Party Boys, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I had one tuned for the next song because the two that I were play, was playing um, were in such drastically different tunings that I didn't want to attempt it. What's going <laughs> to happen with the next gig? Where are you playing again? Mar- you already told me. March 7th and March 16th. <coughs> yes. Um, and then I'm playing um, like like a So Far Sounds thing. I don't oh, know good. If, I don't know if you're supposed to tell people You're not supposed to that. tell. No, no don't okay, say so that. Don't, don't stop, stop so talking. don't Gianna. do that. Okay. Yeah. Please. Oh, <laughs> no, my not, God. We almost got sued. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I've been to a, I've been to a couple of So Far Sounds. I, I like those. So, yeah, um, so it's supposed to be a last minute but, thing. You but know actually, it is all kidding aside, can you, you tell what So Far is? Maybe we'll get them to sponsor this episode. You don't know what so far is? I do, but I thought oh. the listeners might want to know. Oh, you want me to tell them? Well, somebody. Good, Gianna. You know who they are? Yeah. I mean, they're, they host house shows and like, or just like intimate shows and like little settings, and yeah. they have an audience of people that like sign up to come. 
without really knowing like who's playing or anything like that or where it is yeah or know like anything about the show really and people show up and they just come to listen to whoever's playing so you have like an attentive audience already there for you cool idea and it's a really cool concept I've like I had done one in the past and I've met like a lot of cool people um I did one in Boston where it was at a house. At a it house? It was someone's house. I went to one yeah. that was at a bike shop. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's I so Actually, cool. it was um, yeah. Walter Sickert. They played at a bike shop. Oh, really? Sh- at it a bike shop. It's such a cool there. concept, yeah. It's great, yeah. and it's in over like 400 cities around the world. Yeah, I mean, and it's I in know. Iran, we also know. It's like everywhere. But like the process, though, that you also know when you're going that you're going to get something good. Like you have to have a bar that's set. Yeah, they don't Like you're not, you're not going to have some like, you know. They wouldn't have us band. Exactly. They're not going to have us play. No. So, okay, so this is what I want to talk about. You have a lot of, uh, of videos, and I love them. I love all the, the music videos that you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a shy person, is that something you're comfortable doing? It's become something that I'm comfortable doing. I have a lot of friends that do, like, camera work and stuff like that. Yeah. It's easier for me to do it with them because with they, they know me, and they know that I'm, I'm going to, like, mess up, like, seven times or, like, laugh or something stupid. <laughs> Um, so well, because a lot of times you have to look there and look pensive and yeah, like you have look to look intense. Really. And intense and <laughs> well, is that a big part of your vision? Is like having it more online and videos and I just always want to make sure that I have videos because I think that it helps people, like he was saying, like feel the song a little bit more. I just like to have like small. They don't have a lot of production. I feel like it helps people get like a vibe for the song because you can kind of like show them visually like, this is what I feel about the song. This is like the visual content I'm putting out for it, like to go along with that audio. And it gives the song like more of a mood. Is there a video for Living Room? Not yet. Uh, I want to see that. Do you want us in it? Yeah. Oh God, we can do a cameo. (laughs) That'd be awesome. You know how to get a hold of us. You can dress as like the mother and I'll be the father. (laughs) That sounds great, Chuck. There you go. Um, you know, there's one song that was so different from the other song. It was is a mess. Yeah. It's very happy. Yeah. It's not. Well, though. I mean, it, yeah. the, the words in it, but it's like <laughs> it's upbeat. It's, yeah. it's, it's upbeat. upbeat. Yeah. That's, that's very. That's better said. Um, where'd that come from? That was a song that I wrote it a lot slower. It was initially a lot slower. Um, and when I was doing that album, um, someone that I was working with for that album at the time was like. Let's just make it a fast song and let's give it this kind of vibe. Put drums on it. It was kind of just like a weird thing that happened yeah. on one of my <laughs> albums, I guess. But you but, could do it both ways, I guess. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked how it came out. Since that probably happened in the studio? Yeah. Tell me how you work in the studio. Is it, are you going in with set ideas, co- collaborate with the producer, the other musicians? How do you, how do you work? It's been different every time. Like the last, so, so when how, I did. Talk, let's talk about this last album. Okay, so Home was like, I did it all in one day, the entire album. This album for Rewired, I put a lot more time and resources and money into it. Mm-hmm. What'd um, you do it? I did it at the Bridge Sound and Stage. And I worked with Alex Allenson there. And he definitely had like a lot of input. Like we worked pretty closely on it. And then I had, like I said, Kevin from Valley Heart help a lot with production too he did a lot of the guitar I did a lot of the just like you know the the initial guitar but he put those like extra bits in there and like a lot of the droney parts Mm. Um, I worked pretty closely with both of them on that for quite a few of the songs Vacancy the last song was like pretty minimalistic I had a lot of like collaboration with them on that 
it's kind of like I finally feel like I, for this album, met people that I was really good at working with because we all kind of just got each other. Like, he understood what I wanted. So did Alex. So it was like a good setup than I've had when I've recorded in the past because when I go into the studio, I often feel like lost. So Alex and Kevin definitely helped with that a lot. Was there any time where someone was like, you know what, this song is missing another verse or it's missing a bridge? Not really. It was kind of like I brought the song with the guitar like I had the demos and we kind of just added pieces instrumentally like onto that. But the structure of the song is basically what it was. Yeah, but the structure of the song for all the songs is the same. It's the bass that it is when I play them live. Um, We just kind of added stuff onto it to en- enhance it, I and guess. Wh- and what would you say is different from this about this album from the other two? It's got more instrumentation, I think, and it's got more, like, ambience, like, spaciness to it. Yeah. It's got a lot more, like, feelings, but, like, through the instruments. Like, the instruments help give the song a feeling a lot more, in my opinion. They have a lot more emotion. I was more confident with them than I was on my last album. With the extra resources and time and money and everything, like, it was, like, worth it. Um, and it came out what I wanted. Do you think you're going to be able to to have that, that same sound and all the instrumentation when you do this live? Like, live with a band? Live um, with a band. Is this something that you can recreate? I think for the most part, like some of the like drones and like obviously in the living room, there's like that vocal distortion part um, Mm -hmm. with the like tape that's playing. I mean, I'm sure we could figure out how to like do that live, but I think for the most part, we'd be able to get that same feeling from the song. You're touring in April. Yep. The album's out. What's it called again for the million people listening to this? (laughs) Rewired. Rewired. When are you playing again in Boston? I'm playing in Boston at a house show on March 7th and at the Jungle on March 16th. I haven't been to the Jungle yet. Have you been to the Jungle? I've heard it's good. I like it. I've been there a few times. Yeah. When are you going to be playing with a full band? I don't know. I, I guess I'm still trying to find people that I feel fit. Something I've struggled with a lot is finding a drummer. How about we set up a gig for you to have a full band and we record it and put out a live LP? I mean, if you want to do that. I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> he won't play guitar, though. He'll I have to play guitar, in. though. I have to be a guitarist. But we could do a live show. With the whole band. I'm very interested to hear it with everything. Yeah. Uh, I want to see you by yourself, too. I like that. I like that as well. But do you ever sing without a guitar? No, but I honestly would love to because <laughs> I feel like it would take... Really? It would, like, I would feel a lot more comfortable, mm. I think, on stage just singing. Like, just really? singing. That's so interesting because I usually feel uncomfortable without a guitar I don't know what to do with my hands yeah I feel like I would definitely feel that like I'd be like what do I do with my hands I need to have like scarves but I'd be super interested in playing like with like everyone else just playing the instruments and just to see what that feels like because I feel Mm. like for me and like my anxiety Mm. I'd be like I don't have to worry about messing up on guitar I only have to worry about messing up vocally yeah for this show that we're gonna do with you live no pressure (laughs) <laughs> Chuck is going to produce it And I think that um, you should do one song Where you say This is the one I'm just going to sing Just going to sing Well, we, will you play a few, a few songs for us? Sure We'd love it Can you play Living Room? I actually planned to play oh, Living Room Sweet so, yeah. Well, uh, thank you very much for doing this Where did the name Ghost Girl come from? Um, so when I used to just play music under my name Gianna Botticelli People would like walk into my show And think that I was going to sing like opera yeah. Or like something really pretty um, So I was Well everything you sing is pretty Or like you know something like 
like elegant and it. like classical. Yeah, yeah. So I'd just be like, oh no, it's me singing sad stuff. So I kind of like was like, well, I feel like this name fits because I'm kind of always like, I was a person that was like in the back of the room. So it was a joke at first, like, oh, I'm kind of like a ghost. And then I was like, I should change my name anyway because everybody thinks that I play like cello or something, yeah. you know? So no, that's a good kinda, name. I like, I like it. I like a good, a, good, a good band name is important. Yeah, I wanted to leave it open to, like, I wanted, I didn't want to be Gianna Botticelli because I wanted to have the option to expand to a full band if yeah. I wanted to. I yeah. wanted to have the option to add stuff and not just be, like, a solo artist if I wanted to add other, like, band members or something yeah, like yeah. that, so. Well, you, you get, we're big fans. Well, thanks. Love your you stuff. Think? <laughs> I know, we don't mean to gush too much, but um, really love your music. And, uh, Thank you. And good luck. Good luck on the tour. Thank yeah. you. Um, I'm going to play Living Room first. It's not the house that I want in your 
mother's gone, I can't find the bed, so I sit on the floor and sink into it. I stayed out all night, cause you said that's what you always do. sick on the pavement Well, this time I kept quiet Your living room floor Your living room floor Take me now it's not the house that I want and your father's gone I can't find the bed so I sit on the floor and sink into it thanks um, I'm gonna play rewired
holy, which is like, holy. yeah. Downstairs is blaring a static. 
for sitting with us and hope this pandemic goes away soon so she can get on the road and share her music. You can learn more about Ghost Girl at ghostgirlmusic.com. Girl, again, is spelled G-R-L with no I. We'd also like to thank Woods Hill Pier 4 for their hospitality. Located in the Boston Seaport District with magnificent harbor views, owner Kristen Canty and chef Charlie Foster Bring their passions of food, family farms, and sustainable sourcing to Pier 4. Visit 300 Pier 4 Boulevard in Boston. Get a reservation at 617-981-4577 or go to woodshillpier4.com. And finally, go to abovethebasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. From all of us at Above the Basement, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, and remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. Mm -hmm.